Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. How's that? How's that going for you? Hard same. Anyway, hello. Hello. Welcome to the season two wrap up. This is the Cinder Emmys. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we're going to take a look back at season two, go through some of the highs, the lows, the weirds, and see if there are any like big picture takeaways. Honestly, probably not, but maybe. Let's find out. Let's find out together. Also, we made it. You guys, we got through season two. I can't believe we got through season two. You guys, you guys, the season was such a ride. Not only did we watch a bunch of crazy Cinderella's where, you know, buildings blew up and people ate jewelry and we had to invent a whole new letter grade, but we both had a ton of life stuff happen this season. Yeah, so, like, okay, everyone's fine. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, Everyone's fine. But during this season... Like, my household and Liv's household have experienced um, the following events. COVID. House sale. Hectra. Seizure. Diabetic coma. New job. House purchase. Move. Like, this has been the most stressful season ever. My dog learned how to climb a tree during this season. Um... I I cannot even express to you, like, what complete nonsense this season was. Yeah, honestly, the Cinderella's, as weird as they were, provided some much-needed stability. This was the least bananas part of my life the last few months. Which is, like, not ideal. Uh, but it was it was a, an eye of the storm kind of situation, yeah. somehow. Yeah, no, definitely agreed. So, on that note, here are some of the um, remarkable things that we found this season. This season, in contrast to season one, tried really hard to have running jokes. For whatever reason. I, I have never seen so many movies try so hard to have a running joke and fail so spectacularly. It was frankly embarrassing. It was. Running jokes are not terribly complicated. They are one step above slapstick. The most annoying running joke of the whole season, we agreed, is the Camilo Cabello Cinderella, where the running joke is that Gwen, the young princess sister, has all these wonderful ideas for ruling the kingdom and making things better for everybody, but she is not allowed to even have a chair at the table because she is ineligible to rule because she is a girl. And that was a horrible running joke. It was made me angry, wasn't funny, and it went on forever. It would be framed like she would start to open her mouth and they would be like, don't even start. We don't want to hear it. And every single time she was the butt of the joke. It wasn't that she was so smart and everybody around her was so stupid. It was that she was so smart and everyone was mean to her. Yeah. And it was not salvaged by the fact that she does in fact become the ruler of the kingdom. I think they thought that that was going to salvage it, but it did not. 
it was the worst. I didn't I didn't like it. I I found her charming despite all of it though. I stand by my position that I really wanted her to just start murdering people in the middle of it and just have the whole thing take a dramatic turn into dystopia. But I would love it if she just went like full Game of Thrones while everybody oh. continued living in the Cinderella musical universe. Oh. Oh, that would be amazing. I want that. Mm. Okay, so some running jokes were, I, I hesitate to say good, but fine. They were fine. I, I didn't hate them. What about you? Were there any that you were like? Yeah, there were, there were two running jokes this season that I thought genuinely landed that made me laugh that I thought were funny. My favorite is from one of the Cinderella story sagas, believe it or not. It was the third time's the charm one. I don't remember what that one's actually called. Once Upon a Song. I think it's called Once Upon a Song. And it's the one where they keep ambushing the prince in the bathroom to sing at him and have auditions while they all pee together and sing at him. And that was funny every time it happened. And it still brings me joy when I think about it. Okay, yes. I, I didn't like it quite as much as you liked it, <laughs> but I did like it. You know what I really enjoyed? Which one? I really liked in the Golden Brass Cinderella that we did, every time the king's advisor would say something to him, the king would process it and then immediately repeat it word for word, exclaiming, I've had a brilliant idea, as if it had just occurred to him. And I loved it every single time. It was genuinely funny. It was one of the strongest ones. That was from our patron exclusive special this season. So everybody, if you were just like, uh, I'm sorry, a golden bra Cinderella, we watched a golden bra Cinderella from the 60s. And it was surprisingly excellent. Yeah, I like really like it. Like genuinely solid Cinderella. Mm -hmm. Also, instead of a shoe, they try on a golden bra. So, you know, take that into consideration as well. Yes. So anyways, uh, if you want to listen to the Golden Bra episode, uh, you can get access to it for as little as $3 a month, not even an episode, like a month. So sometimes, as we compile our ever-expanding list of Cinderella's, <laughs> we encounter a Cinderella adaptation that just doesn't make its way into the main feed because it's either like too risque or like not quite enough of a Cinderella to count. And, and all of those end up being bonus episodes where the structure is something halfway between our regular feed and also our after party. So it's kind of a mashup. Like Liv said, it's $3 a month. Check it out. And actually, if you go to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash cinderpod, you can find a free bonus episode. So you can like get a sense of if that's something you enjoy. So check it out. I think we put up one free after party every season. So there should be two free after parties up as well if you want to check those out. We really appreciate our patrons' support. It helps us keep uh, our platform up and running and the podcast going strong. And it just makes sense if you want our episodes to support your favorite fairy tale podcast. You don't, we don't have to be your favorite fairy tale podcast. We'll settle for being your favorite Cinderella podcast. Let's, that's fair. You know, let's, let's really focus on our niche here. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a good direction. <laughs> okay, so I would like to introduce a very exciting new category in the Cinder Emmys. This season, 
we had multiple instances of characters just using common sense mm-hmm. and just making decisions that were solid, just very reasonable, logical, sensible choices. We've had some sensible choices this season. So our new category is best example of common sense by a character. I think it's disturbing that we didn't come to this category for 50 plus episodes, but that's okay. So you tell me a thing you liked. I like the common sense that the prince from the a Chevrolet for Cinderella, the, the two-parter Chevrolet commercial from the 30s uses, because when he loses Cinderella and has only her shoe, he gets his dog to smell her shoe and track her through the mud and forest and the witch's cauldron back to her house. And I love that the shoe is used for a reasonable thing because dogs can track smells and that just made good sense. I really liked it. It was one of several very bizarre high notes in that movie. (laughs) I think it's the most reasonable way to use a shoe to find somebody like let's be honest here oh, absolutely this really should have been step one for every single <laughs> prince bring out the dogs yeah so did you have a favorite common sense moment in this season i did okay so mine was from the 2011 ashen puzzle mm-hmm. uh which i liked a lot it was very very cute mm-hmm. anyway it's the version of Cinderella that's the Brothers Grimm version not the French uh not Poirot that's a detective no Pearl (laughs) version so in this one anyways there's doves is what I'm trying to tell you there's doves in this one Mm -hmm. the prince appears at the home of the stepmother trying to find Cinderella and they present to him the stepsister in disguise. And they're like, yes, this is her. This is the girl you danced with. This is, you know, who you're looking for. And he gets suspicious. And I like that in a prince. I think that was very reasonable to be suspicious of this girl. He doesn't really recognize and she's wearing a cloak and everyone's being like very like, okay, let's go. Let's get married right now. Mm-hmm. So he tries the shoe on. And I think that's great. I think you have to uh, think on your feet. No, Liz. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have to be a detective. Wow, we're back to pro row. I want to uh, have a Poirot Cinderella look- now. I want a Poirot <laughs> Cinderella now. <laughs> you have to look for clues. You have to deduct. You have to reason. When you're trying to track down one woman, he's the prince, Liv. He's got to know that people are going to do anything they can to marry a girl to him. I mean, I think what happened was that he used his little gray cells and he deduced. (laughs) (laughs) He must have had a very well-prepared egg for breakfast. Indeed, he must have. Anyways, (laughs) so... There was a lot of music in this season. I know you're not the biggest fan of musicals, Talon, and I really tried to go easy on the musicals. I did not realize I was putting this many in this season. And um, yeah, my conclusion is we really should have spread out the Rodgers and Hammersteins one some more. Ugh. Like we should just redo those every season. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. You mean to like uplift our spirits and just like as a palate cleanser. Yes, to be like, this is, this is a good musical. This is a good Cinderella. 
this is good multicultural, this is good storytelling, this is good filmography, just to reset the bar to a normal level. Okay, I thought you were talking about the 60s one as well. Oh, no. Oh, God, And it was no. like, why would we rewatch that? Why do you want to do that? No. And now I understand. It, you just, like, erased it from your mind and just thought of the two good ones. Yeah, that is that is what I did. Okay. So, what, from this season, and all of the terrible music that we had, what do you think was the worst single song? Okay, worst single song. I only get to pick one song. Yeah, one song. Okay. It's gotta be, first of all, Rags is gonna be the answer no matter what. Mm -hmm. Is it the Screams Nightmare song? No, I, I quite like that one. That's the only one I remember. Of like, these are my dreams, they hear me scream, <laughs> they should be nightmares. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but specifically, I really didn't like Kiki Palmer's standout song. Okay, first of all, it's the one where she's like a pop diva and her whole image is constructed by her record exec dad and she's not herself and she wants to be the real her and she's like a soulful songwriter and she just wants to be herself. And this is the song where she's like, I'm going to stand out. I'm going to find my own voice. Mm -hmm. It is such a dud. It falls completely flat. She doesn't do anything interesting or catchy. Nope. The lyrics are like very, ugh. and it just musically, she doesn't belt and she can belt. Like I, I found her terrible, poppy, shallow pop star song so much better. It, it just had so much more personality. And for her, like, this is who I am song to not have any personality. Yikes, man. Yeah. Like, this failed both as a musical piece, but also, like, as a thematic element in a movie that's centered around songwriting. It was pretty impressively bad. I agree with you. All the songs from Rags were terrible. But for me, the worst single song was from the Sexy Santa Christmas Cinderella story. <gasps> Christmas Don't Wish. Don't tell me. Don't tell me it's the um, the ending song where she's like, why do people like Christmas? No, although that one was also horrific and I'm still mad that you made me re-listen to it. No, that's my favorite song like ever written. No. Not even no. in Cinderella. <laughs> that song is the worst. It's horrible. But no, the actual literal worst one was the one that I couldn't physically listen to and had to take my headphones out and cry. <laughs> it, it's the one where they were in, like, Santa Land, and they start floating away, and there's... Oh, the couple song. Yeah, the couple song. I Guys, no lie, I just took my headphones out and just started to cry. It was so bad I could not listen to it. Everything else I've at least been able to listen to and go, oh, God, that makes my ears bleed. This, literally, I could not hear it. It was the worst. I don't know how much of the song I personally retained because I feel like that might have been the point during your viewing when I was cackling. You were cackling. Just like not paying attention anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we did have some good songs this season. Okay, yes, yes. I have enjoyed some musical moments. Yeah. Okay, this is kind of embarrassing. I actually really enjoyed the Seven Nation Army bit. 
from the Camille Cabello Cinderella movie. Oh, is that the one where they also did the What a Man at the Princesses on Parade that wasn't a Princesses on Parade? Okay, yes, but that's not the part that I like, though they are interconnected and it's like a remix situation. I don't want to talk about that part. They took a very cool, very sexy song and they made it really weird and awkward. And I just I didn't like that part. But that like baseline oh. from the Seven Nation Army song, that's good. I'm with you. That was the one good moment in that whole movie because it had a really cool cello solo. Yes. That was... And then the lady broke the cello at the end because she's yeah. a rock star. Yeah, that was a cool moment. That was the best moment in that movie. And that song did not physically hurt me. So I'm with you that it was good. Okay. I also like that it was like, a moment where all the different princesses and like just as an aside I love that there were so many different princesses that was yes that was so good for me I was so happy that happened anyways back to the main feed we got to see these like princesses be very almost predatory and kind of walk towards all these eligible gentlemen as they kind of awkwardly backed away and it really sold why the prince might not be interested in this kind of ball i want to see the prince be uncomfortable i want to see like the social maneuvering all of the elizabeth bennett mothers coming out oh yeah and just like trying to like get their daughters married off i'm with you that would be fun okay what what song did you like oh i liked the song from the good mexican cinderella that we watched the happily ever after cinderella Oh, okay, yes. That was sung by the iguanas about how life is great when you're a green-tailed iguana and how they like to eat food. That's your favorite one? <laughs> it was super catchy. Life is so great when you're a long-tailed green iguana. Like, it was a great song. I've genuinely watched that one again, and I've just listened to the song again several times. It's catchy. It's funny. I love that it comes out of nowhere. It's very short, relatively part of everything else that we listened to so it was phenomenal it's a great song it was funny to eat food i can relate i like food okay i mean i i enjoyed it it was fine i just we didn't get anything else good okay the season was rough <laughs> it was rough but we did get some good secondary characters yeah we had a lot of really bad ones but we had some great ones so my favorite is still Georgie from the I want to be a mechanic and ride motorcycles Cinderella story. I think that was mm -hmm. the fourth one. Four is too many. Yeah, that was the one that had the taxidermy dog running joke. I don't like that. Where she pretended to be British. Anyways, Georgie was the one that she sang this really awesome love ballad with, who was her fairy godmother slash best friend character, but obviously was supposed to be the love interest. Oh, the one where they started out just like all dancing in yeah. the cafeteria. Yeah. But then they were like holding hands and like looking into each other's eyes yes. at the beach while singing at each other. Yes. Yeah. Georgie is supportive. She's funny. She's creative. Uh, she's really pretty. She sings really well. She's down for shenanigans. And she's just very, just, she's delightful. I love Georgie. I would like to have a Georgie in my life. I love Georgie. I only want good things for Georgie I very much am pleased that we got to see Georgie on the screen mm -hmm. I have developed a crush on Georgie oh yeah absolutely what about you what secondary characters did you enjoy from this season okay so 
I enjoyed every single character in Tam Cam, the yes. untold story. Oh my god, yes. Every single character, like I liked the central characters fine. I wasn't super into Tam, but she was the weakest. She was fine. It was fine. Anyway, I just like I liked every single character, but my very favorite one was the evil guy's lackey. Oh. And his name I'm gonna find <laughs> very soon. <laughs> I did also love all of the characters from Tam Cam, but my favorite backup character was Tran Bang, the red-haired friend, because he went on such a journey. Yeah. Okay, so it was Thatch Bien. Thatch Bien, okay. And I think he's like in a boy band in real life, the actors, I mean. But in this one, he had like gray hair and he was like very, very good at his job. And I like when like the bad guy has the hyper competent like hench person. Oh, yeah. That's like a very good trope. Um, so, yeah, I thought he was great. Yeah, that movie had a lot of very unexpected, strong notes in it. I was caught off guard. Okay, but you know what else, though? What? They made so many movie posters for this. Oh my and God. every side character had their own movie poster, basically. And so there exists a Tam Cam movie poster just for Thatch Bien. And he looks incredible. And I would like to own it, I think. Yeah, no, you showed me those posters. They were hilarious. Literally every character. The messenger. The Yes, the messenger got his own poster. Oh, it's great. As it should be. The fairy godfather got his own poster hated him but he got his own poster the bad guy everything mm. i would love all of those posters montaged into a single poster that i could put on my wall i i think they did actually do that for the main poster great like I want Loki. That. okay I want great, that. great 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 <laughs> so another thing we got a lot more of in this season than the last was surprise endings like twist endings to the cinderella story and some of them were very jarring I don't think I want a twist in my Cinderella. Yeah, like I've decided I don't want that. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Okay, so the most annoying twist for me was in the glass slipper where Mrs. 2K, the like very odd neighbor who is the clearly the fairy godmother but doesn't appear to be magic and everything has kind of an explanation Mm-hmm. and like the dress is stolen or whatever yeah and like the coachman owes her a favor yeah they explain away every single thing yeah like every single quote magical event has an in-universe explanation that we're given mm-hmm. and then at the end it turns out that she's actually magic that was the worst so like why why it was very surprising but i didn't like it yeah i also didn't like that one for me though the Carol Burnett Cinderella, Cinderella gets it on, mm-hmm. where at the end, instead of her getting turned into a princess and getting put back into her princess cool clothes, Elton John doesn't like her because, Felton John, sorry, Felton John doesn't like her because... No, it's Elfin, like Elfin. an elf. Elfin John. You guys, it was a long time ago. How do you forget Elfin John? <laughs> I think about Elfin John like 10 (laughs) times a week minimum. Anyways, he's not into her because he sees that she's so square. And so she starts to cry. And Harvey Corman, the fairy godmother, shows up again. 
and just turns Elfin into a dweeb, into a square with like a boring suit who sells like toothbrushes. And they get together, like they're a couple now. That was that was weird. Cause what she wanted was to be a cool person and go to the cool club and be cool. And I thought they were gonna maybe do a like, that's not really who you are, but he loves you for you and or she gets to be a cool cat again, like who knows? But no, he just gets turned into a dweeb. And it was the weirdest, weirdest twist ending. I wasn't it, expecting it. It's Shrek. I, yeah, but like in reverse. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. It was weird. <laughs> I didn't like it. No, I agree. It was bad. It was weird that it happened. And also like she really liked him, presumably for his personality and like appearance. And both of those things have now been changed. Yeah. It was, yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. Anyways, you know what else we've had? Hmm. Some really, really mediocre, unsatisfying endings. Oh, we sure have. I, I didn't know that I had to specify that Cinderella should have an obvious happy ending. Like, the prince and Cinderella should get together and, like, they should get married. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that I had to say that. Yeah. Evidently, if you don't specify it, they screw it up somehow. So for me, the worst offender was Cinderella's love lesson with Lily St. Sir, mm-hmm. uh, the burlesque dancer. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the one where the prince is part of the whole magic stuff. So there's the hand that appears off screen holding a wand. And poofs the prince into existence along with Cinderella's, like, ball gown and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So then when the clock strikes midnight and all of her things disappear, the prince also disappears. So Cinderella ends the movie just, like, in her underwear. No, naked? Is she naked at the end? She's wearing panties, I think, but she has her arms crossed over her chest. So she is mostly naked, alone, by herself, in a room, sitting on the floor. With no prince. Yeah, no prince. The prince was imaginary the whole time? I guess. Possibly. So, like, why? That's terrible. She should have ended up with the prince. Like, he should have been real. I don't Agreed. understand, like, what... That's not a Cinderella. Uh, that's, like... Yeah. That's, like, the little match girl. <laughs> the little match Cinderella. She has a nice fantasy, and then it's bad again. Yeah, that's, that's dark. For me, I really hated the Camilla Cabello, um, the ending for that one. Oh, oh, Liv, you don't have to specify. (laughs) You can just say, I really hated the Camilla Cabello one. No, but like, I really hated the ending Mm because she does wind up with the prince, but he doesn't marry her. He also renounces being a prince. She's about to go make dresses that she's never made and has no ability to do that we've ever seen or been demonstrated for a queen who has been known to murder people. And the horrible prince that she wound up with isn't even committing to labels. It's like, oh, we're not really into labels. We're just, we're in love. Like, no, ew. I hated it. It was a terrible ending. It was so wishy-washy. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, are we too cool for, like... Boyfriend, girlfriend? Like, happy endings now? Dating, (laughs) Like, do we need to have, like, like, ambiguity in uh... our fairy tales? Can't we just like kiss and then the sun sets behind you and then like 
sparkles fade to black. I don't know. Evidently not. Evidently that's too nice of a thing and we can't have it. So there were a lot more things that we put in our sort of remarkables category. But when we were trying to pare them down, we realized that we just wanted to talk to you guys about all of them. So there are a couple broader categories that we just wanted to talk to you about in list form. This is basically the we're all winners. The winner is teamwork mm-hmm. category. So here are some opening lines, as said by various young ladies, as an introduction of themselves to the prince. A particularly egregious one. I want to have your babies. Yeah, not a good start. We got, I'd sell a body part for you. There's always the classic, one day, I'm going to live at the palace. I think the one that made my teeth hurt the most was, I remember playing doctor. We could do it again. Yikes. 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 Mm. We also have just like the stupefying, you're Katie Worth. Yeah, that was. Always good to tell the person what their name is. Yep. When you want them to remember you. But we did get the best one, which was, oops, off by a little. That was charming. That was cute. Yep. Okay. So we've gone back and forth a little bit. This is a very controversial topic now on whether Cinderella should have pets or not. Mm -hmm. At first, I was of the opinion that pets can only be good. It's nice to have a pet. If anyone could use a little buddy, it's Cinderella. Yeah, but. But then, but then we've seen pets be threatened or just like used as a tool for manipulation. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like being worried about an animal being in danger. Yeah. So then I was like, mm, no pets. But then they just kept showing me cute animals. So this is just like some cute animals that we saw this season. There was Bruno the bulldog, and he was in a little wheelchair. And he was also the fairy godparent. Yeah. And the smartest person in that entire household. By far. By far. We got Yurisek and Silly Billy from the Three Wishes Czech Winter Cinderella, which is a big fancy horse and this adorable little collie dog, who I love because they were never in any danger in that movie. Okay, so the horse, beautiful, majestic, and also very opinionated. Mm-hmm. A lot of strategically placed huffs that really... Um, spur Cinderella into action. Yes. Silly Billy steals, I believe, like a chicken leg or oh, something yeah. like that. Yes. And I, I like that. Good for him. Mm-hmm. We also had John Ham the pig, <laughs> who also smartest person in that household, also the fairy godparent. Unfortunately, in some uh, perceived danger in some points in the movie but he's fine he's good he's fine we got Very cute. he was so cute he was i just which is why it made it so much worse when he was in danger i was so angry when i thought that they had murdered this pig they didn't but you were left in a little bit of doubt for a second i hated it we got a, a donkey with a very long name whose name i do not remember whatsoever started with an n i believe But I loved it because it was her sort of darling pet, but then it also got transformed into the horse that takes her to the palace. So it was a combination of pet and coach. And uh, I I loved it. I thought that was a great... The moment when she recognizes her 
like sweet little donkey in this glorious majestic horse by looking into its sweet little face like that was that was the best uh this was the 2011 ashen puzzle right yeah yeah so oddly enough we also had like some very luxurious fake mustaches that were kind of central to the plot we sure did in two separate cinderellas uh which means that if i had a nickel for every time we saw a fake mustache this season i'd have two nickels which isn't a lot but it is weird that it's happened twice agreed agreed of course we had that incredible moment in starstruck where that was so great where our cinderella walks in in slow motion <laughs> just dressed up as a tiny little cowboy man just the best with a handlebar mustache so good was so good i love her i just like yeah amazing starstruck has grown on me a whole bunch since we actually watched it like right? i have very fond feelings about that now Okay, uh, you know what I immediately loved, though? What? It was this Exisienta mustache and beard reveal. No. no, no. Because that moment is still, like, the highlight of not just that movie for me, but of the entire season, uh, when I realized that they were committed to having the love interest, Cinderella, <laughs> the prince in the sexy santa cinderella the christmas wish one that he was gonna be just dressed as santa the entire time with the white beard and mustache and the hair and the hat and just the red suit and that's what we were doing and that's like amazing that is absolutely what happened and none of the words that i would use to describe it (laughs) but speaking of all the cinderella stories this was the season that we finished all of them that currently exist yeah, let's not jinx it. There is always the possibility that they will make another one. Yeah, so let's do a let's do a hopeful postmortem on this in the hope that it stays <laughs> dead. So what do you think are the touchstones of this universe? I think they have to be like in the 16 to 20 age range. They have to be like a young adult and they have to have very obnoxious step families like caricature like like a caricature yeah, of like, a caricature i think because one of the most iconic and memorable parts of the first cinderella story film with hillary duff was jennifer coolidge's performance as fiona mm-hmm. and so they've kind of have that they sort of wanted to double down on it or recapture the magic but they failed I mean, it's never it's never been quite the same. There's been a couple of interesting choices, um, mm. but nothing. Yeah, I mean, Jennifer yeah. Coolidge. Yeah, I think the thing that strikes me about a Cinderella story is that they always start and end with an incredibly smarmy voiceover. Oh <gasps> yes! Like once upon a time, there was a girl who loved to sing, and she made the best songs. And that girl wasn't me. And then at the end, it'll be like, once there was a girl and she sang songs and that girl is me. Like, mm, no, thank you. And there's always really gross humor. The humor in all of these is so gross. There's either like the horrible car wash scene or something with mud. Worms wind up in food. There's like a running poop joke. They're just 
they're the worst with humor because the humor is so gross oh my god what the worst running gag of all time was the cat pooping in the bed we don't have a cat oh i disagree i think the worst running gag from the cinderella universe was the fake british accents that the girls tried to do in the last one in the santa one oh that was really bad oh yeah no but i thought it was kind of funny that the stepmother kept being like well you don't need to do an accent (laughs) these ones also always have an extra villain there's always an extra villain who's usually the hot girl who's trying to date the prince or who was dating the prince they have an extra villain all the time and also cinderella like has a thing that she's into Mm -hmm. like she has a goal in life the ball thing is kind of like not her main aim yeah the ball is always just like the school dance and what she wants to do is go to she wants to sing or dance or act or design clothes or something and there's a big audition at the end and that's what she goes to but that's not the ball because that's not what she runs away from she runs away from the school dance in the middle of it so they're just hmm. the ball happens at the school dance and then the actual thing she actually cares about happens at the end when all the romantic tension has been resolved or is about to be resolved. Yeah. It's fine. Okay, you know what's weird, though? What? So far, other than the first one, every single one has been a musical, I believe. I'm just grateful that the first one wasn't a musical. But, like, at some point in the, like, writing room, they were like, okay, we kind of had like a sleeper hit with the Cinderella. Let's just do basically everything the same. We're not doing a sequel. We're just going to remake it. Just kind of tweak the details a little bit. And we're just going to try to recreate whatever we had. Um, except let's make it a musical. Here's what I want. There's no reason that they couldn't all exist simultaneously. I think they should all be at the same high school <laughs> and happening simultaneously. I think that would be... Is just the high school from Victorious? Yes. (laughs) But, like, it would be nice if they picked people who could sing. Well, you don't need that, Liv, when you have auto-tune. Just so much auto-tune. So much auto-tune. Okay, so those were just some things that we put in some lists. But I I believe there is a different way to organize information Mm. uh, called a spreadsheet. Oh, yeah, there is. There is. Liv, how's your spreadsheet going? I don't, I don't want to talk about it. But there are some cool patterns. So we found out that unless you are literally one of the good Rodgers and Hammersteins, just don't sing for more than 17 minutes of your movie or try to do more than 11 different songs. Just don't. It's going to suck. So one of the things that I've been tracking in my spreadsheet is how many different musical numbers a Cinderella has, how many literal minutes of song there are in the movie, because this one had 10 songs, but each song was 30 seconds long, so it was really short, uh, versus this one had 26 songs, and they were all three minutes long. So correlating those against the grades that we give them, Talon and I vary pretty wildly on how we feel about musicals, but if you exceed those numbers, unless you happen to be a Rodgers and Hammerstein, we hate it universally. Just it's the worst. Don't do it. Be be controlled with your music. <laughs> we also break the Cinderella's down into four different categories. 
So we have the four different versions of Cinderella. We have the Old Testament version, which is the Brothers Grimm one where there's doves and a dead mom ghost and somebody's foot gets cut off. We have the traditional one, which is the Charles Perrault one. We have the not magic Cinderella. So those are like the Cinderella stories where it's the best friend or the dog or something. And then we have a category that's just called not a Cinderella where I thought something was a Cinderella enough to get it into the main feed and it lied to me. (laughs) Sometimes we're wrong. You guys, if you're ever listening to this podcast and you're like, I mean, I don't know if that's a Cinderella. It's because by the time we realized it's not a Cinderella, we had already watched it and like we're in the middle of recording it. So now you just get to listen to it. We also agreed that it's probably not a Cinderella. Yeah. But graphing the grades that we give each movie based on which category it falls in is also really interesting. (laughs) So only traditional Cinderella's have received both A pluses and double F's. So like from both of us. And the not a Cinderella category is the only category to have never received an F or even a D minus. Wow. Yeah. The Ashton Kutchel 2011 one that we've mentioned several times already is the only movie so far out of 52 movies that we've both given an A plus to. So that's a good movie. Yeah, that was really good. The biggest grade difference that we've had was with the Christmas Story, Cinderella, Christmas Wish. <laughs> 36 <laughs> points. 36 points. So you gave it an A+, plus, I gave it a D. We've never been so divided about a movie. It's wild the way this podcast is like really bringing out new sides of us that we just didn't know about each other. Yeah. So I have found something very weird because we have talked a lot about how We really like it when Cinderella has an actual name and that Cinderella is the pejorative that they call her because it makes it more human. Mm -hmm. And we also talk about how much we really like it when the prince goes on the shoe montage because the prince should go on the shoe montage. Yeah, he's the one that danced with her. Yeah, I have bad news. Numerically, we hate it when Cinderella has a name. Oh, no. And numerically, we don't like it when the prince goes on the shoe montage. Are you, wait, like, really? Like, really? The Because I have those things, you know, does the prince go on a shoe montage? Does he not? Is Cinderella have a name? No, guess no. And because the ones where Cinderella usually has a name are the non-magic ones, which we tend to hate more, we, we don't actually like it when Cinderella has a name, it turns out. I don't understand. Like, who even am I? I don't know. If I don't want what I think I want when I get it, how can I ever be happy? So I think that the problem with this is that they really only name Cinderella's in the non-magic versions. And those ones just, they're not great. There's only a handful that have been really good. So I think that this what we're experiencing is a false correlation. So I still think that we like it when Cinderella has a name. but Okay, you know what? What? Danielle in Ever After. Yeah. She's a Cinderella. She has a name. I like that. Yeah. I, okay, I'm just going to remind myself the next time I feel like I'm spiraling into an existential crisis uh, that I have counterexamples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've also graphed all of our grades into a histogram just to see, you know, how they lined up. And they were a little bit weird last season, but we'd only watched 25, 26, counting the bonus. And that's not really a large enough group to have a normal mathematical distribution. 
We've watched 52 now. Your histogram still looks perfectly normal. Hell yeah. Mine does not at all, which is very odd mathematically. I would have expected it to even out, and it has not at all. So. You know what this means? What? I'm consistent as heck. Yeah, I think I'm pretty heavily skewed by what's going on in my life and what we previously watched on this podcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, the season actually was much better than last season. Our season average was almost a B. It was 79.83. And last season it was like 76 point something. So this season was definitely a better season film-wise than last season. Do you know what? If we just do like some extra credit, we can pull it up. Absolutely. So going back to the platonic ideal of a Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to reassess. We said some things. We sounded very confident. We were wrong. I, I don't know that I stand by some of that. Yeah. So just to revisit, the father should absolutely be dead. A hundred percent of the time. Yes. It's never okay for the father to be alive. Yeah. She can have a father figure. Yes, absolutely. He cannot be anyone with any amount of power no. over her life. No. I still think that she should never have pets. Yeah, I don't think she should be able to have anything that's hers. Yeah. I think it's okay if she has an animal friend. Yeah. But not if people think of it as hers. Yeah, animal friend, not pet. Agreed. That's a good distinction. Mm-hmm. I still maintain that there should only be one potential love interest per movie if you're doing a Cinderella mm-hmm. because I get confused and I'm fickle and you don't want to split my attention when you have limited screen time to get me to like a prince character who has like the personality of like a meatloaf like uh, that's fair there should only be one don't give me options <laughs> I might choose the wrong one. Oh yeah I might get emotionally invested. You don't know. Okay, this isn't like so much as a platonic ideal as just like, I think it's stupid and it sucks. <laughs> but I don't like it when Cinderella has a sidekick. Like one of the things that we both really liked in the Hillary Duff Cinderella was the friendship between Sam and Carter, her best friend. Oh, yes. And like they both felt like real people who had a real connection. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, in all the following ones, just a person is assigned to Cinderella to be her designated best friend with no like life of their own to just support her dreams and cheer her on and be like beautiful and charming and just stand in the background. And it's usually a person of color. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't think you should do that. I don't think it makes sense for Cinderella. And also, yuck. That's my professional opinion. Yeah. Going back to platonic ideals, though, I think that for a Cinderella to be a Cinderella, she has to run away from something and the prince has to chase her. I don't even think she has to lose anything, but I think she does have to run away. I will accept her not losing anything, but I will be mad about it. That's fair. That's fair. I also think that she should get what she wants or maybe just like she should want to go to the ball because we've had a couple now where her goal has been not to go to the ball, and she's had to be, like... Cajoled. Cajoled into going to the ball, and it was jarring and awful every time. Like, no, she has to want to go to the thing. That's the whole... She has to want to go. Mm. She has to be excited about the ball. It's okay if she needs to be talked into it because she's nervous, 
Yeah. But she's got to want to go yes. in her heart of hearts. Agreed. I also don't like it when she like acts like she's cooler than the ball because then she's acting like she's cooler than the audience who wants to see Cinderella go to the ball. That's why we're there. Yeah. Okay. In addition to that, Cinderella has to be sad at some point in the beginning. Oh, yeah. In the Camilla Cabello Cinderella, she's just so certain of her future and just so endlessly positive and nothing gets her down. And even when... You know, she has moments of sadness. She's still singing her, like, I'm going to get through this and I will survive. Mm. And I'm going to be one in a million to oh. one in a million. One. That song's been stuck in my head for months. <laughs> I'm so mad about it. It's very catchy. I don't like it, but it's very catchy. But yeah, I agree absolutely. If Cinderella's not genuinely sad or hopeless at some point, she has nothing to rise from. Yes. We need that as an audience. Last side note about the spreadsheet that I have. The two worst Cinderella's that we've ever watched, the Cinderella character has been played by a woman named Leslie. So just maybe nobody named Leslie ever plays Cinderella anymore, okay? Maybe we don't tempt fate. I don't think two is enough to establish a pattern, but if we ever get a third one, I think it's just like a law of the universe. I did a bunch of Googling, and I don't think that anybody else named Leslie plays Cinderella. Yet. But I don't, yeah, I don't want to say that with certainty, because I don't want to jinx us. But yeah, if it happens a third time, it's just fact. Nobody named Leslie should play Cinderella. Okay, so we're going to park that in committee, mm -hmm. and that might make it on the platonic ideal rule list next season. We'll, we'll see how the next couple of seasons go. We're deliberating. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we watched some Cinderella's that went past creative and past interpretive and past visionary and just straight into just like cosmic madness. <laughs> we sure did. We sure did. So Liv, if you could pick the writer or director or even actor from only one movie that we've watched this season and just like ask them why what movie would it be like who who would you talk to okay so initially when we wrote this up I had put Tam Cam down as my answer for this because we just watched it and I didn't think that anything could be crazier than Tam Cam but then we watched The Glass Slipper about two weeks later and <laughs> So the answer for this is The Glass Slipper. Because, like, what in God's name was happening with every single person involved in this movie? What, what were they thinking? What were they trying to do? Why did they think they were trying to do that? You have to pick one. One person. No, you specifically said the writer from only one movie. But I said, and ask them, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. right, which movie would it be? okay i'm changing the rules oh. i'm changing them right now you have to pick one person you can ask the lady that wrote it why she wrote it that way you can ask the casting director why they cast it that way or you can talk to any of the actors but one person i think i'd want to talk to the writer i think i want to talk to helen deach and find out what is wrong with her just mm, i have questions ma'am I, I feel 
want to talk to Cinderella's actress because apparently she cut her own hair for the role and it was part of her vision. And she seemed like really going for something. And I don't quite know what she thought she was going for. And I just want to like ask her. I just want to, I just want to know what she thought she was doing. Oh, I have the answer to that. You do? Yeah, it's in one of the trivia pages. She thought that she was being Marlon Brando. I don't follow. She genuinely was like, I'm channeling Marlon Brando from some rebellious Marlon Brando as a young rebellious person movie. So she was channeling Marlon Brando in that, which just makes more questions happen because nothing in that portrayal of Cinderella was even remotely Marlon Brando-esque. But that's what she thought she was doing. This was such a monkey's paw of a question. <laughs> I regret everything. Okay, let's just move on. Let's move on. So a lot of these movies could be fixed to make them better. But which movie do you think has the easiest fix to just make it a better movie? Okay, just the simplest, like, one quick little fix? Yeah, the one quick fix. Okay. Cinderella's Love Lesson? Just make the prince be real. Like, have everything else be fake have him be popped into the middle of like a meadow where they build a fake magic castle and then Cinderella pops in there and then at midnight everything disappears and the prince is just confused standing in the middle of a meadow in like a Midsummer Night's Dream kind of way. That would have fixed it. Yeah, no, that agreed. And then they just end up together and her clothes can still disappear. She can still do the burlesque thing burlesque thing that she was doing and they can just like smooch fade to black perfect they get married eventually done agreed w what would you fix ah uh, i would fix the world war ii cinderella the cinderella goes to a party oh boy i would remove the racist genie mm -hmm. and the minstrel show literally just snip snip because they don't add anything and they don't make anything happen thematically because the fairy godmother introduces herself and there's no reason for a racist baby genie to show up and also call for her. So we didn't need that. We could just take scissors and literally just take the film and cut that out and scotch tape it back together. Boom. Fixed. I support this. Can we do that? Is that like vandalism? That's probably very illegal. They have uh, to keep it somewhere, though. I'm just joking. F FBI agents listening to our podcast, we appreciate your support. Um, do you think they keep it somewhere? Like, could we go to like a display, a museum, and just like just fix it? God, I hope so. That's my new goal. That's where we're going. We're gonna go on a road trip. Okay, don't a hundred percent quote me on this, but I want to say it was the painter Degas who did the ballerinas. Mm -hmm. uh, who was sort of infamous for sneaking into galleries and museums that had his paintings on display and like continuing to work on them because he <laughs> thought he could improve them. So if you ever bought a painting from him, you had to make sure that he was never in the vicinity of said painting <laughs> afterwards or he would continue to work on it. I have heard that story. I don't know if it was Degas. I don't either. It might have also been several artists because artists are, you know special but there was one guy who <laughs> if he sold you a painting and then he visited your house he'd be like oh i'm just gonna take this with me and just touch it up at my house and you would never get it back he intended to give it back it wasn't like he stole it but he was just like no it's not it's not done yet it's not done yet so 
anyways, so let's talk about the new grade that came up this season and what it means spiritually in the context of a Cinderella podcast and what we are retroactively applying it to. Okay, so we have the double F now. <laughs> let's just get that out of the way. We thought we knew what an F was and we just, we... We made the same mistake that Fahrenheit made when he came up with the temperature mm-hmm. uh, demarcation because he just like put zero as the coldest winter he thought anyone had ever experienced and was just like, yeah, it just doesn't get colder than that. That's the coldest it will ever get anywhere. And so that's zero. And it turns out that that's not the coldest it ever gets. And so the scale doesn't make sense anymore. And now we have to have negative numbers. So <laughs> it's just like that. It's just like that, except instead of saying negative D, which I guess would be the parallel, uh, we're going with a double F for something that's worse than anything we imagined could be. Yeah. So I tried to describe this to my husband. And what I came up with was so an F is you turn in a project and you've failed to do it correctly. You screwed it up, you missed the point, you did it wrong, you fail. A double F is, it's not even a matter of failing anymore. You know, we asked you to write a history paper, you turned in a racist white supremacist screed. We're calling your parents and the principal and possibly the police. Like, this is not a matter of failing or not. Like, you, this is... This has gone beyond grades. <laughs> so we're at a different level. That's yeah. not that's we're not the, important anymore. We're getting the authorities involved. It doesn't even matter. Just the no, you can't have so that's what it that's what the double F is. Retroactively, we realized that if the glass slipper was a double F, that it also couldn't be in the same category as rags, which is just an F, which is just, oh, you did a bad job and we hated it. So Retroactively, I'm applying the double F grade to the 1965 Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Yes, and also the magic slipper, which was the other gross minstrel show one with Mighty Mouse. Mm -hmm. You know, that one. So that's also a double F. So yeah, so that's our new uh, horrible low grade. And like, let's hope we don't have to go anything lower than that, because I really don't know what we'll do. Triple F. We do it like bra sizes. We just keep throwing up <laughs> some there. All right. So this was definitely more of a roller coaster than season one. Just way more highs, way more lows. But let's share with our beloved listeners some of our like extra special moments that we had. Okay. So I want to talk about the most forgettable Cinderellas we watched. <laughs> okay. I, I will be honest. We watch a lot of Cinderella's. It's the same story over <laughs> and over until we slowly go insane. So like some of them do kind of blend together. Mm-hmm. And usually I can remember one or two things about every Cinderella that really stood out to me. Not so with the 2016 animated Cinderella. I forgot about it twice. I forgot about it immediately after watching it and then by the time that I posted the little thing on social media where I was like hey this episode is up and I went to attach an image of said Cinderella 
I picked the wrong image. There's another 2016 Cinderella, and I just straight up looked at it and was like, I don't remember it, but I don't remember anything different, so why not this one? <laughs> and Liv had to point out to me that, that was the wrong one. Yeah. And then I forgot about it again and literally went to look up what we were talking about when Liv and I were making this list. <laughs> and then looking at it now, I don't I don't remember what it was about. It was, was it the one that zoomed a lot? Yeah, it was the zoomy one where the narrator lied to you all the time. Oh. I I feel like the images on that were so bland. I can't even like picture it in my mind. It was it was really bland. For me, it was the rough-faced girl, which I genuinely forgot, but also the outdoor ball Cinderella, which, while I really enjoyed it, it got absorbed into the evil princess Cinderella and the two slippers Cinderella, both of which were also black and white, silent, old-timey Cinderella's where a building blew up. So the outdoor ball Cinderella just got absorbed into those two for me, and I forgot all about it. Do you think that you can distract me with your very sensible answer tacked on? to your baffling choice of the rough-faced girl, the one in which she gets married to a giant, like, great spirit who towers over her, like, is three times her height and is basically made of the night sky. So here's the thing. I didn't forget it, mm -hmm. but I forgot that it was a Cinderella. So I had the visual memory, but it was in that category of, Oh yeah, somebody must have left the TV on when I was a kid. Must have been something weird on YouTube that I just like clicked through at three in the morning. I I forgot that it was a thing that we had watched on this podcast and that it was a Cinderella. But what about the beautiful bird? Oh god, the giant oh god. <laughs> the blue oh no, thank you. All right, moving on. Okay. <laughs> so the flip side of that question, Liv. What is a Cinderella that you wish you could forget? Okay, so this is a surprising answer, but it's the Camilla Cabello one. Really? Yeah. And hear me out. I hated the glass slipper. Uh-huh. But it's already fading in my mind. Whereas I've had million to one stuck in my head nonstop for a year. <laughs> and I hate it. And it was so garish and everything about it was so bad. And every time I turn around and I hear the word million, I'm like, yeah, it's a million. And I'm so mad about it. And it was so many colors. And I hated the fairy godparent. And I hated the funny British mice that tried to do comedy and say, oh, 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 I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. There were so many things that just I can't forget. They're not fading from my memory. So while it wasn't the worst movie we watched, it is haunting me the most aggressively, and I would love to excise it from my brain. Okay. What about you? It's still gotta be the glass slipper for me, because yeah. if I had to watch the Camilla Cabello one again, because if I had to watch the Camilla Cabello one again, I would find things about it to enjoy. There were visuals I liked. Some of the singing was okay. There were some comedic beats that worked for me. I could sit through it again if I had to. Yeah. If I had to sit through the glass slipper again, I just like there was nothing there that I could enjoy. And I still keep thinking about it and it just bothers me. I just like I'll be going about my day and I'll be like, why did they 
do that? <laughs> God, that could have been interesting. Why was he so much older? Why did he fall in love with her when she was a crying child? I agree with you on every single one of those points. Fortunately, my brain is allowing it to just fade into oblivion. So this is taking up so much of my brain power. I could be, this could all be being used for things like taxes or I don't know what schedule I'm supposed to water my plants on. And instead, I'm just like nitpicking at this <laughs> stupid, stupid thing that shouldn't have existed. Yeah. I just, I can't let it go. I just, I want to let it go and I can't let it go. Well, I just, I wish they made one of those men in black flashy ooh. memory wiper thingies for yep. just Cinderella's mm -hmm. because I want to keep all the like normal stuff still in my head. But I, there's some Cinderella's that I don't need to retain. If you ever find that device, um, please let me know. I would also like to sign up for it. I might not remember afterwards. Oh, darn. All right. Well, in addition to wanting to forget certain movies, we also had some disturbing visuals this season. We were going to make a list, but it turns out that we just agree. Yeah, there's no competition. It's the time that they just zoomed in on a cow teat and they just angled it in a tubular and dynamic way and then squirted milk into the mouth of a different animal, a cat. Yeah, that was horrible. I didn't like it. I didn't like seeing it. It was bad. They really dedicated a lot of time to animating that. And I don't like that. No, no, it was um, definitely the most disturbing visual. So we had an, a concept of sort of most interesting idea and premise, but it was basically just a vehicle for me to talk again about how much I love the zombie Cinderella, the Cadaverella voodoo one, because it was just, it was such a bad movie. It was done on a 14 cents budget over a weekend with somebody's friend and like a shaky cam. But man, it was funny. It was creative. And I just, I, I want to see more genuinely interesting takes on Cinderella. I feel like Cadaverella was like such a good example of camp mm -hmm. where they had a vision and they went for it and they weren't afraid to be silly and it wasn't like ironic. They just went for it. It yeah. was just like pure camp. Pure camp. It was so good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a bad movie, but I oh. had such a good time. Absolutely. That is the correct assessment of that experience. Okay, so our last point in this category is essentially our recommendation. So, guys, you've listened to our show. We hope you've enjoyed it. We still have more to do, obviously. But if we could recommend that you watch only one movie that we've watched this whole season, it's Ashen Putchell. Oh, yeah. No, it's, I don't think we even needed to say it. Like, I think we're, like, very upfront about our bias for this movie. It's a really good movie. We had a really good time watching it. Mm -hmm. It's short. It's fun. It's accessible. You should totally watch it. Yeah. But if we had to recommend something other than the obvious Ashen Putchell answer, I would say that you guys should really check out Cinderella Gets It On. It's on YouTube. Carol Burnett, 1975, I think. It's like 24 minutes or something. It's really short. It's hysterical. It's really fun. I think that's a very good idea. I have never seen anything like it <laughs> in terms of like other Cinderella's and Carol Burnett is just so funny that it doesn't matter that it's not like 
a modern comedian, the joke still lands so well. Oh, yeah. My recommendation is Tam Cam, The Untold Story. That was the Vietnamese romance action Cinderella. Mm -hmm. It was so stunning visually. I just like, it was so nice to look at. Oh, yeah. It was also very dramatic. There was a lot of like betrayal and intrigue, intrigue, different factions. I just, I loved it. And I just, I think you should watch it. Uh, You can get it on Amazon, I believe. Yeah, it's on Amazon. I've definitely rewatched this. I loved it. It is very different from American film. Just like the style of acting is different. The style of storytelling is different. But yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. I loved it so much. Okay. Well, there you have it. We here at Cinderella headquarters have dissected this season. And honestly, we're ready to move on. I personally am looking forward to taking a break and then coming back for a third season to see what other Cinderella adventures unfold. But before we do that, before we do that, we have the moment that you have all been waiting for our season finale. So worst animated Cinderella of season two. It is the only one that I can't remember except for the fact that I wrote down that it was bad. Yeah, it was real bad. The animation was bad. The storytelling was bad. The narrator lied to you a lot. It was just, it was, mm, the zooms really hurt. We wanted to do a best animated Cinderella since we did a worst, but we didn't watch a whole lot of animation this season, so there was not a lot to pick from, but we're still going to do it. So the best animated Cinderella of season two is the Chevrolet for Cinderella. Shockingly, somehow, the animation was actually like really good. Yeah, it was creative, and the story was certainly interesting. I keep thinking about that little poem that he does, the little gnome guy. Oh, yeah. I keep thinking about the witch. And the uh, I've said that (laughs) out loud to my dog. (laughs) Oh gosh, okay. I'm bad, I'm bad. (laughs) I hate the world, something else. I even hate myself. She's the best. Boom, punch face. (laughs) Okay, worst live action Cinderella. it's the glass slipper for me like it's bad they shouldn't have done that they shouldn't have done any of that and I didn't like looking at it oh yeah for sure for sure I would say if we were gonna do like worst Cinderella that isn't also a hate crime I would say the sexy Santa one was just the worst the sexy Santa one was an excellent film you take that back I, I will not I get to have my opinions here okay okay fine you can have your opinion and I will have my opinions fine so, for the best live action, Cinderella, obviously, Ash and Puzzle, and yes, Three Wishes for Cinderella is also still the Cinderella of my heart and my childhood. But it is time for my opinion, Liv, and I think the Sexy Santa Cinderella is also a best live action candidate. How, how dare you? How could you do this to me? <laughs> I just liked it so much. I literally... For the entire week after we watched it, every time I was just like walking to work or walking my dog, I would just like think about it and get like, just like a socially unacceptable smile on my face. Like the kind <laughs> that makes you look like you're like a dum-dum while you're walking down the street. So 
listeners, while we were prepping for this episode, Palin made me rewatch one of the songs in this. And it just <laughs> rekindled all of my hatred. Because I had managed to forget how much auto-tune there was and how absolutely expressionless and puppet-like the main actress is. And I hated it. I just... Mm. Anyways. Okay, this is the song where she's like, why does everybody love Christmas? Why do people stay up for Santa? And it's just like, it's so close to being infantile, but it's not quite there. And she's trying to catch her like longing and like connection, love. But also she's framing it as like, I don't understand. Someone explain to me what's Christmas. You guys can't hear but I'm rolling my eyes so hard it just brings me so much joy I don't know I can't not smile when I think about it okay so uh that is the end of season two and you know it was touch and go for a while but I think we're both still on the centimeter low enough where I think we can continue for a third season I don't know, man. (laughs) No, absolutely. I'm just kidding. I'm totally excited about season three. Okay. Since you have put together the list, what are you most looking forward to in the next season? Oh, man. We are doing a ballet Cinderella or an opera Cinderella. I'm not sure. It's It's the Massenet Cinderella, and I'm really excited about it. We're also doing a Tamil horror Cinderella. Oh, yes. Yes, Which, I keep looking at posters for it, and oh. I'm obsessed. It looks like a live-action corpse bride, yeah. Cinderella, I don't Indian, like, high-end, like, blockbuster production. I'm so excited. It looks so great. I have no idea if it's actually going to be a Cinderella, and I'm a little terrified to watch it, but I'm, I'm so excited. And I think that the, the new Three Wishes for Cinderella, because they remade the 1977 Three Wishes for Cinderella this year, in Denmark or Norway or something and I've been trying to get it for months yeah I keep checking if it's available anywhere I'm so ready to pay legal tender for this film oh absolutely but they won't let me watch it in America yet yeah and it's been almost a year yeah so I'm hoping that it will be available sometime during the time when we are recording next season if not i will sub it out for something else and i will continue to look forward to it in the future but right now it's scheduled for next season and i am so excited about it what about you what are you excited about okay obviously the tamil cinderella it looks incredible it looks so spooky i think cinderella might be like a beautiful zombie lady i don't know i can't wait to find out i did see on the list, a title that has intrigued me. I have not really explored this further because I think I want to be surprised, but it's called Cinderella 2000 and it was made in 1977. Oh yeah, that one, that one. So to me, this sounds like retro futurism, which (laughs) is so my jam. I can't (laughs) wait to see if there's going to be spaceships or robots. Maybe Cinderella's a cyborg. I'm so excited. Could be anything. (laughs) And then the third thing that I am super excited to watch is the Reading Rainbow episode 
of Mafaro's beautiful daughters. Oh my god. In which LeVar Burton is gonna read the picture book, Mafaro's beautiful daughters to us. Yeah. And I just get to like that's just gonna get to happen to us in season three. Mafaro's beautiful daughters is an African folktale version of Cinderella. And I want to say it's one like a Caldecott and a Curtis Scott King Award for illustration. And it's basically just stunning. Mm-hmm. So I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that as well. So given that you've looked at the list, what, um, uh, what, what upcoming titles are you concerned about? So you have Pink Arella mm-hmm. on the list, which I'm assuming is the Pink Panther Cinderella that you've been warning me about. I haven't seen it, but it, it I've been assured that it exists. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know how that can be good, quite honestly. Like, I know that there's more things in the whatever than you and I can imagine, but I can't imagine it. I don't know. No, yeah. Also, there's the elf Cinderella in this season for some reason, Liv. yeah. Well, Halloween is going to fall in this season, and I thought that it would be a good Halloween special along with the Tamil Horror episode. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, well, I have concerns about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I also have concerns about that one. <laughs> what, uh, what are you worried about? Well, I'm worried about something called Scarecrow Ella. Huh. Um, I don't know anything about it other than that it is Scarecrow-based, but I, I don't I don't like scarecrows. Okay, so I'm picturing Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas, but stuffed with straw. Uh, and I'm charmed. Uh, I'm I'm extra more concerned now. Uh, it could be cute. Maybe it'll be cute. It's a, maybe it'll may, maybe maybe let's have let's hold out hope. I'm also really concerned about the Tamil horror episode, which I realize is counterintuitive because I just said that I was super excited about it, but it does look scary and I am really not good with scary movies. So I'm I'm genuinely concerned about this one. I'm gonna try to watch it. I think it's gonna be okay. If worse comes to worse, I will just have my husband sit on the bed with me and like cuddle me while I watch it on a very tiny screen with the volume turned down and the subtitles on in broad daylight and try to be okay with it. But um I'm I'm concerned about that. And yeah, I'm I'm also concerned about Elf. I'm not confident about that one. I am the most concerned about Al. Yeah. Well, everyone, we have reached the end of our season two Cinder Emmys. And we're going to take a break just to like brace ourselves for season three. And then we'll be back on June 21st. During the break, we will have some bonus content for all of you patrons out there and all of you potential patrons mm-hmm. maybe yeah if you would like to get all of your episodes a day early you can give us as little as a dollar a month on patreon.com slash cinderpod yeah well Liv, it is almost midnight and as much as i'd like to keep talking about the 52 cinderellas that oh. we have witnessed <laughs> i i think i think it's time to take a little break Dear listeners, we'll be back in two months with our regular episodes. Everyone, thank you so much for coming with us on this adventure. Also, 
you know, if you miss us during our break, uh, hit us up on Twitter. We're also on Instagram. You can email us at the Cinderella podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. It totally makes our day. Uh, we've gotten to have some really wonderful conversations with you guys about Cinderella, but also about like other things. And it's been very, very cool. So thank you to everyone who's reached out. We really appreciate you. We're also on Facebook if you want to like our Facebook page or hit us up there with messages and stuff. Yeah, like let us know if you have a specific Cinderella you'd like us to tackle. Tell us all of your Cinderella thoughts or just like say hi. If you're enjoying the show, please tell a friend, share us on social media, or give us some stars and ratings. It really helps our audience grow. As always, our music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod, and you can find him at incompetech.com. Have a good night, everyone, and we'll see you all in season three of the Cinderella podcast. Thank you.